You're listening to Talk of the Town, the podcast for Lurgan Town FC, the place where you'll find heart on the sleeve in bucket loads. Hello and welcome to episode four of Talk of the Town. And as usual, I am your host, Scott Gordon. Now, before we delve into the next episode, I just want to say a huge thanks to those that have sent uh, messages of encouragement on text message and social media uh, to say that they're really enjoying the podcast and to keep up the good work. Um, Not only people from Insider Club, but also those that are listening from other clubs. So it really is encouraging. Um, Thank you for that. Our next guest is Ryan McConville. So let's get on with the show. Our next guest on Talk of the Town is ladies manager Ryan McConville. Having only been here a few months, I thought we should get him in to see what he really thinks about the club, to get his view on football and more importantly women's football. Ryan, it's good to have you along. Okay, Scott, no problem. <laughs> uh, right, the, the Women's World Cup is just over. Yep. Uh, the USA, worthy winners for you? Yeah, I think so. I think, the, uh, first of all, the, the Women's World Cup this year, I think, was probably one of the most uh, viewed uh, sports competitions, yeah. definitely in definitely in the in the women's game anyway. Uh, I think it got rave reviews off off the TV, so that goes to show you that the women's game is is growing very rapidly throughout throughout Europe, throughout the world. And I think going by it, and if anybody watched it uh, this this month, uh, for sure USA were strong. The, you know, strong all over. They could even make changes in the team to their starting 11 and bring equally as good players on. For example, in, in the England game, I think, you know, Christian Press came on and played uh, in the game and they missed out in the final and only played 11 minutes in the final, yeah. you know, but she was probably a brilliant addition or a brilliant um, uh, replacement in the England game and then unfortunately she missed out in the in the final. Did they drop their, not drop, but did they rest their captain in, this, in the England game? <laughs> I think there was a wee bit more to it in regards to that, but they, they played it down with a with a minor hamstring in, okay. injury. But um, Rapone has has been outspoken. She's kept the press on on her toes throughout the World Cup, you know, and on her beliefs, and maybe not attending the White House if they won the cup right, and stuff like so. Yeah. Her and Donald Trump had a wee <laughs> bit of a had a wee bit of a ding dong on social media. But uh, yeah, I think. Jill Ellis was brave. Jill Ellis was brave throughout the whole tournament. She made big changes at the right times. She changed and tweaked her formations at times. And yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody would would uh, would argue that the USA weren't the best side. I personally thought England would have went the whole way, but when once they met the USA in the semi-final, you know, for me that was their biggest test of the tournament. I think England, you know, I, I I'm not a I'm not going to shy away from it, but I think England should be getting to at least the semi-final. I would agree with you. And if they had met USA in the final, mm-hmm. it would have been a different story. If they had played um, someone else in the semi-final is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And they had a better go at the USA in the final. Yeah. 
Maybe. I think so. I think so. I definitely think if, if England had played the Netherlands or, or, or the Germans, I still England would have been strong enough to beat them. Yeah. And then it would have been an absolute cracker of a final of, of, of England and USA. That would have been the bragging rights. <laughs> you know, Jules Rimet coming back from, from the men's side. They, they need to win it, either the men or the women's need to win something at some stage, don't they? Yeah. They get the monkey off the back, really. Yeah, they do. And Mark Sampson, you know, was a fall guy. And, and whenever things had sort of broke through and he lost his job. But Mark Sampson has to take an awful lot of credit yes, so. for like rejuvenating the England side and, and getting the passion and, and the hunger for girls football back back into 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 the UK. He finished he finished third uh, in Canada. He got them a bronze medal, you know, and I think Phil actually came out and said it was a nonsense game. He did say that, yeah. For me, you ask any girl playing football you want to win something, whether it's a bronze medal or not, but you don't want to finish with nothing. No, I think he'll, I think he'll maybe come out and, and regret that, maybe in the heat of the moment, and after it was after the game where he'd said that, yeah. anyway, they'd just been yeah. beaten. Yeah, emotions, yeah. emotions and probably a bit naive and for the, for the women's game, because he hasn't he hasn't a background in, in, in the women's game, and for me that annoys me at times, because I'm all for uh, women getting the job, I'm all for men getting the job in women's football, but for me, you need to have a bit of experience. You need to have a bit of a pedigree about you. Whoever's the best candidate for the job should get the job. Whether it be a, a man yes. or a woman. Yes, that's my total belief. I, I think now women are making a big stage and a big claim for, you know, to be better treated and stuff. But if there's women coaches in this country or in Europe or the world who are who are brilliant coaches, then they deserve the position. Yeah. You know, equally as much for if there's a man who's, got a pedigree in women's football should he get a job yes he should you know and I'm I'm a big believer of that yeah but well, I think I think the next step is for a woman head coach now to be a, a manager of a, of a men's team funny Deco uh, in the first episode Lee Dixon talked about that he um, he thinks that's that's the next big thing that's going to happen you know you've got all the other guys retiring so Frank Lampard going back to Chelsea and everything else mm. but he, he thinks that one of the, the big things that's going to happen in the men's game is mm. a woman yeah. Uh, head coach. I believe it'll happen. It's just a a, chairman, a brave chairman to to put his faith in 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 that in that selected coach who he chooses. But I think it will. I think eventually there will be a chairman, whether he does it public uh, for publicity or for a bit of media attention. But somebody will some a female coach, and there's plenty of them around now, that will get a job in in the men's game. What about uh, what players stood out for you there in the World Cup? You know, I watched. I did. I watched a few games. Most of the the England ones. Uh, Lucy Bronze, Steph Houghton, fantastic. Uh, Jill Scott looks to be a bit of a a terrier in the yeah. Part, she worked know. hard throughout. For me, those three were brilliant for England. And you, you watched pretty much all the whole the whole thing. Yeah, well, I was pretty much glued to it. To be fair. Um, there was a few. I think the the longer it goes in the tournament, it sort of gets your attention for the for the main teams. You know, you had the Dutch goalkeeper who was doesn't have a club. who doesn't have a club who was who was brilliant. Played for Arsenal and then she she decided that she was gonna she was gonna leave. Brilliant. Um, Tobin Heath had a very good tournament. Alex Morgan had a real good tournament. Rapone had a real good tournament. Uh, as you say, Lucy Bronze, uh, Steph Houghton, you know, all had good tournaments. But we're all picking. There's sort of household names yeah. that 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 everybody would know. Um, Ross Lavelle done well throughout the tournament as well. Again, another young USA player coming through. So I think I think the USA did stand out. They did, you know. And for me, the best 
the best player for me was was Crystal Dunn. I played left back and she was solid throughout the whole tournament. I don't even think she missed any of the games. I'm not sure I would have to recap or not to, to see if she did, but I don't think she did. But she was super throughout the knockout stages and even yesterday she was she was solid, you know. Uh, can England kick on from here then? I mean, uh, are they always going to be in the shadow of, of the USA? I mean, this, the, the, the United States do, they put more emphasis on the national team, maybe in favour of the club teams and, and things like that. Um, but as everyone, everyone's playing catch-up. That's their fourth win. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's where everyone needs to get to. Yeah, they're a massive country. Like, they're, they're, you know, they've got, they've, got, they've got loads of... The population in America is massive compared to some of the other, um, some of the other countries, you know. Uh, their collegiate system, and, you know, having coached in America for, for a number of years, you know, the emphasis on women's football, especially, it's more popular than the, when the, the male side. Yes. Uh, so, but what America has probably that shades us, but we're, we're, we're slowly catching up. We are slowly catching up. Like, they play co-ed, so girls play boys, you know, from, from a U7 okay. right up to maybe U12, U14, okay. and then they start to play in their own their own brackets. Is that, is that the norm, or do they do the girls have under seven teams, the boys have under seven teams, or is it just all mixed? Yeah, there's both. It depends really on what part of the, the, the country you're in, but right. they play co-ed, so boys and girls at that young age group, and then they sort of, as they get older, then they, they break away into their own, like, their, their own teams. So, their youth system at club level is decent, mm -hmm. so they get into they get into the game at a young at a young age yeah. at seven, you know. And in Europe, Northern Ireland, uh, England, our boys, young boys, start at that age group, yeah. you know. And slowly but surely, Northern Ireland, the IFA, you know, the NIWFA, uh, they're all slowly niffle, all slowly trying to push that a wee bit further every time. So I've got to take my hat off to. To our governing body because they are pushing and there's some great female coaches who have played the game uh, you know Daniel Madole, Gail Redmond, um, Claire Carson you have all those type of players who played the game for a long time in this country and been great role models you know who are now coaching and they're now giving it back yeah. so they're involved in Club NI they're involved in those elite performance centres you know and Alfie Wiley takes, has to take great credit for the platform and the the pathway that he's developed yeah. for for girls slow slowly but surely I think Northern Ireland will get better and will start producing good players yeah. like a Lucy Bronze like uh, Steph Houghton like a Millie Bright uh, like Fran Kirby I think we will have our versions of them down the line and that goes to Great Testament from Alfie the IFA. Niffle starting to push it, and the NIWFA starting to push it. You know? we're, we're sort of pushing it a wee bit at our club too. We're mm. sort of we're testing the water. We've got the girls academy now, and I think it's this year we're going with sevens, nines, thirteens, and fifteens, maybe seventeens yeah. as well. We sort of yeah. five age groups there. Mm. That I mean, we're we're bound to be one of the leading clubs in in that. You know, well, Bamberg Rangers are very good at it as well. I know Trevor's doing good work out there too. Um, but you know, there are there are teams. Local teams, junior teams like ourselves that are yeah. pushing that too, you know, which is oh yeah, you can see it. You can see it. I I only have to look at Bambridge Rangers for for example, Lurgan Town here. The facilities that both both clubs have, superb. 
you know, Armagh City are doing a good job in pushing their, their girls' academy. So in and around the ABC, the Armagh, Banbridge and Craig Avon area, there's good people, yeah. you know, good people involved and now they're doing it for the right reasons and we're getting our girls in at a young age and we're now creating that conveyor belt, so to speak. You know, for me, I would still like to see, like, select teams uh, being made up from the Middle Ulster area or Lisburn, whatever, yeah. and they go... Because we forget that our elite players, you all get picked for the Club NI programme and the Northern Ireland programme, which is great and fantastic to see. But what about our, our, our late developers? What about yeah. our players that might not just be at that level? They still need some accolades they still need some achievements and I know whenever I was playing that's, that's what I was going to say when we were growing up you know we believe it or not are around about the same age it doesn't look like it <laughs> but we, we had representative teams so you had school select teams you had your county select teams you had your, your milk cup teams yeah. you know yeah. all, all building up and it wasn't at the top level but mm. yes we had a chance to yeah, and I, I think, play against it, other players yeah it gives you that chance you know the milk cup for, for us whenever we played in it you played against some fantastic players you know, I still think girls have to experience that too. So whenever, like, five or ten years time, they're like, hey, do you remember the time we played against Lucy Bronze? Or do you remember the time I played against Fran Kirby? You know, they're great memories to yeah. take with you. Exactly. You know, me and you can uh, sort of reminisce about 10 or 15 years ago, yourself at Southampton. You know, I, I never really got to that level. You know, I had trials at Celtic and stuff when I was playing for Potters. But that's as far as it went for me. I, I represented the country at schoolboy level. Played in milk cups, you know. And that's the memories, and as you said, and that can only make you better for your club team as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, and that's what, we, that's what we. That's what we need. I think that's if it can be, if the boys' side can flipped onto the girls' side, I think we won't be far away in years to come. But I do believe that it is being pushed that way. You know, and it's a great testament to our local coaches in the ABC area, and also obviously to our to our coaches at the IFA and in the Belfast area, you know, as well. Right, let's, let's get away from all that big boy stuff. Let's talk about Ryan. Let's talk about safe hands. As I the boring think. part. <laughs> right, you've been a manager before. Um, now, I'm going to test you here. Do you, do you know what clubs? Can you line them up? Oh, jeepers. If it was the amount of clubs that I played for, you know, <laughs> and the teams I've managed, uh, I, would, I would get run out of paper. Yeah, so my, 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 my jobs are majority women's jobs in Northern Ireland. Um, and then I coached abroad, which were different, which were both male and female. But my first job was Armagh City. I was playing for Armagh City at the time, um, and best friend at the time. They had no manager, and they asked me to to manage, and I took the girls' team, and that was the bug for me. Okay. You know, where you play, you didn't play in a Seaview, or you didn't play in the Oval, or you didn't yeah. play at a Midgley Park. You know, you played Gordon playing fields, you played at Curran playing fields, or you played at Armagh Park. Pitches were... The attention. What proper football happens. Well, pro we're all we're all the magic happened. Yeah. You know, that was that was women's football for me. Whenever that started. How many years goes out? I think I've been involved in women's football now probably 12, 13 years. Really that long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're not you're not that old, you know, to be involved in it. Uh, well, people say I'm pushing on a bit. So 30, 35. Yeah. So 23, really, when you got your first. Yeah. Yeah. 23 before. If I you're still playing at that stage. Still well. playing. Yeah. Still playing. It's, it's difficult. Well, it's not, well, it is. In one hand, it's difficult. Yes, your sort of season doesn't stop because the lady season obviously mm. starts when the mm. end season yeah. stops. And, you know, uh -huh. pre season maybe overlaps mm. the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of just football twenty four seven. Yeah, that's just me. That's, <laughs> that's just me in general. 
Um, yeah, so we moved on from Armagh and in the, in, in the Loch Gaul ladies. Um, moved across probably a bit of a rivalry in regards yes, to that. Been, yeah, it would have been. And again, that's something that happens, seems to come with me, you know. It seems to me it doesn't doesn't phase me at all. I just right. go for the challenge. It's not that I do it, you know, to start a, to start a bit of a... Uh, not a not a fight. I don't want to say a fight, but to cause a bit of a, a discussion. But yes. you know, Loch Gaul then were in the championship at the time. Moved across. Laura McClure playing. At that Laura time? McClure played yes. at that time. One of our players now, Claire Rooney, who's now playing at Lurgantown, was playing at that time. Um, and so we got promoted to the Premiership. Okay. Uh, via the playoffs. We beat YMCA 5-3 on aggregate, I think, if I can recall. And we got beaten in the League Cup final by Fermanagh Mallards, 1-0 at Dungannon. The Mallards aren't going anywhere. No, no. no. Lot, well, doing a bit of research, a lot of teams at zero. Yeah, and that's a sad thing about, yeah. about women's football because now there's loads of teams. And, and again, just like the boys, the better players will be sourced by the better teams. And it's... And it's very hard to keep a player in Division One if a Premiership team come, comes knocking on the door, uh, because it's obviously the Niffle the Niffle League. You know, it gets massive coverage online, social media, better pitches, better grounds, better attendances. So it's hard, yeah. you know, and play. And you're always testing yourself as well. Um, yeah. So then on to that, I think I moved across to Newry City. Uh, the chairman met me. Uh, Wanted to start a ladies team up, so I met with James, who's my assistant here at here at the club now, um, and we talked about it. We chatted. They had a nucleus of the Tesco Cup winning side, so Amy Mackin, Moya Feehan, um, Blahi Mackin. You know, they had those established players that they are now, but they're only young clubs at that stage, okay. sort of coming into it, and they wanted to stay involved, so. I obviously decided what the chairman had told me at Newry was was hard to turn down, and what his beliefs and what his journey was. So I I stepped across after one year, and again, luck all didn't look. You know, you're you're sort of getting that reputation of Rand goes in, does a job, and then goes out again, and it seems that seems to follow me because teams that need fixed, I go in, okay. try and fix it, and then once I fix it, you know, I want to see another challenge or I want okay. because. It's just the type of person that I am now. It's probably a negative because I should stay longer and try and create more of a legacy, more so than just, you know, one season wonder. But in women's football, again, it's very difficult to do that because every season changes. You lose players. Women's football, you know, people get married, people get pregnant, you know, people go on and move. Like some of the players in university go to America, they go yeah. to England. So it's very, very hard to create a, a two, three-year plan in women's okay. football. That's... That's what people don't see. Yeah. It's hard. It's definitely a lot harder. But this was longevity of what I thought uh, and, and moved across. Signed, again, eight or nine players mixed with the, with the current Tesco Cup winning side and they were a good side. Yeah. You know, Is that the side that got into, into Europe? Eventually, eventually yeah. they pushed through the leagues and got into Europe. I stayed in Division 4. Uh, we'd done the double, whatever it was. Um, and then the club went bankrupt. So then I lost them sort of in my employment and stuff like that. So I moved to America. That's what was my first sort of step across right. across the water into America. And I worked for GPS, Global Premier Soccer at that time, doing my coaching badges. And 
after after being in America that time, I sort of fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. But you never got long visas, you know. You always got like three months or six months, nine months. So you always had to return back. But I seemed to return back at the time when women's football was kicking off again. But it worked out. <laughs> it worked out well, you know. Rather than coming home and, and twiddling your yes, it's a great CV there. You need to you need to put it in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it it was something. It was something like every November, December, I would have came back, and then I'd be looking about of who needs a club or whatever, and. I actually, how I got the, the Linfield job coming back from, from America. So this, so we go for, just to keep everyone on, on track here. We're <laughs> probably lost. Nearly <laughs> to America and then home from America and then it was, it was Linfield, yeah? Yeah, I, first of all, I sent the, 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 the he was the manager at the time, but he had, he had stepped down and he had replaced himself with, with Billy Clark, who's now the manager of, of Glen Torn. Um, and then I'd reached out to say, you know, I'm coming home for a bit. If you need the services, you know, I'm available. He did come back and he says, listen, there's no vacancies. We've got the manager at the time yeah. and, and we're happy enough. So I was just like, right. So I didn't think I was going to be involved at that time. Then I got a, I got a call coming from a, from, from a football coaching session from Neil, Neil Morrow saying that there was a bit of a fallout and they needed somebody to come in okay. and, and do it. That time, at that time, Linfield only survived a relegation playoff. Really? And they played Loch All, funny enough. Uh, Stephen Hoffield, now the manager of Lisburn Distillery, was the manager of Loch All at that time. And here, by the way. Done that here for, for. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's a small word whenever we talk about, talk about who's been involved in women's football and stuff. You'd be surprised. Uh, so, yeah, so Linfield stayed up into the Premiership through a playoff match against Loch Gall and um, bit of a fallout, cut a long story short, Neil phoned me and says, listen, something's came up here unexpectedly, do you fancy it? And I was like, okay, you know, I do fancy it. And I came in, there's two or three games played um, and players were low in confidence and we had great players. Wow, whenever you look at it, Ashley Hutton, Northern Ireland International, Kirsty McGuinness, Northern Ireland International, you know, we had... Um, Chelsea Miles, oh, my, my goodness, I can go through them all. Danny Ennis, I could go through 20 or 30 players of who, who of who we had over the time, Lindsay Corey. And I decided, yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it. And brought Davy Welshman in, and again, another good friend of mine who managed the club. Managed the club, so this, now let me get my years right here. Davy was manager here for season 2016, so this must have been the season after Davy stayed one year, so that would be 2017. So Davy probably, TV stayed with me for one season, was the, was it the one or two seasons that we stayed? we done, when we came in, we were rid off, we, we, we wouldn't have won the league, we came in, we had a good run, and then we got to the County Antrim final. And we played Glen Torn the previous week, I haven't really publicly ever said this, but the previous week we played them, and I put out a weaker team, uh, knowing, fine rightly, what I was sort of gearing up for, mm -hmm. for the following week. Uh, so we were beat 5-1, and we were beating Malusk, beat 5-1 in Malusk. I remember it, I remember it as if it was yesterday, but I knew deep down in myself, I says next week we'll, we'll, we'll get them, because they would have been coming in. They were the, they were the kingpins, they were, they, were the, they were the team to beat. Limfield had never beat them before ever. You know, and we went out the following week, put a team out, David Jeffries came down that night, you know, and David Jeffries, you know, has a big word in, in women's football, even now at Balamina. Big back he takes he takes good care of, of, of the teams down there. And 
I idolised the man, you know, he, he, the way he carried himself, his charisma and everything, you know, he was, he was brilliant for us. So he came down and spoke to the girls before the cup final. You know, he can take the credit for it if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> but we went out 1-4-1 and you know what, the rest, the rest is history. We pushed on, went to the Irish Cup final, won the Irish Cup final and we done the double and finished fourth. The following year, how can you get any better? We go and do a treble. Yeah, we done the treble the following year. I think we added the League Cup. In fact, we were going for the quadruple that year, but we were beating the League Cup final by Neary, managed by James. So we were, okay. <laughs> so, so we were done by the quadruple for that one. I then went to South Africa to manage a college in South Africa, okay. based on that, called Waterstone College, who were built by Mexico. Uh, Mexico built their college, right. built two FIFA fields, big floodlights, no uh, ice room, gym, all this. The the so this was done in their South African World Cups. Mexico used this this part of land as their base, okay. and they bought like live-ins, like digs, and done all this sort of stuff. So whenever I walked into Waterstone, it was just breathtaking, <laughs> breathtaking to see what had been left for the pupils to to like have the privilege of. So it was hard that first year. And again, Waterstone, we won the college league. We won one or two tournaments in, in the college in the college system. Very, very different country. I remember the first match coaching Waterstone and the referee came over to me and asked me, did I want to win the game? And I was like, yes. And he says, if you give me your watch, no <laughs> you'll win the game. No way. <laughs> so there was a few heated exchanged words and I was just like, this is not going to work for me. That's not where I come from. And by the time of my year, finished in Waterstone, me and him actually become really good friends. No so he got the watch eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so he did. Uh, there was another one where the Africans, you'd have seen it in the Women's World Cup now where they come in dancing and chanting. Yes. These experiences was, was, were amazing, were amazing. And I think we were beat one match and one of the coaches come down the line, slid on his knees and gave me like the death sentence of cutting the throat. You know, and he said something in African and I was, I was like, what, what is that Egypt said? Or and my players goes, he says, white chief, you're going to die, you know, in South Africa. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so you, you could just go back and on. You were like, my goodness. But not a safe country. You know, you were living in, 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 in digs and there was like bars up your windows and bars through your... So I didn't want to stay there. As much as I loved, South Africa is the best country I've ever been in. Yeah, but it was, and the experience that goes... Experience goes with it. Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But I knew I couldn't stay there long. <laughs> not, a, not a big white cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so, won the college tournament. I got a bit, I got a bit like, you know, I, I wanted to stay, but the negotiations said no, blah, blah, blah. So I said, right, well, for the contract that I'm on, I'm not willing to stay. So I came back home and again... Limfield went through a bit of a turbulent time once I left and I was asked to return. So the burning desire was I'd never won a league with a team to qualify for the Champions League. Right. So that, that was the aim. So that was, that was my, my goal. I looked at the squad, I made one or two more signings of the, the Limfield team, got back, got us back up into that sort of groove again. And we'd done the travel, we won the league, won the County Antrim and won the Irish Cup. I wasn't there for the County Antrim of the Irish Cup. I was away uh, abroad, but we won the league and we qualified for the Champions League. And again, my hardest one thing as a heartache is that I led the club to the Champions League 
but I never got the management, never got the management. And again, that's a mistake that I made and a life lesson, you know, but unfortunately, whenever that happened, the American chairman comes, who manages in the WPSL, a full-time girls team, you know, they're getting 5,000 people, supporters coming through their gates, you know, and they come and ask you to manage the team. It's hard to turn down. So I went and again done that and that was that really. That was my sort of American dream. Once my visa run done, you know, I had to come home again and that was more or less it done. And then I went to Crusaders and Crusaders, it was again in my eyes as a sleeping giant of a football club, great, great people, some great female coaches, some great female football players, Stephen Calvert, the chairman at, at, at the Strikers, an absolute gentleman of a man. So he, they amalgamated, who, who was he manager of? They used to be called uh, Newton Abbey, I think. Newton Abbey Strikers. Newton Abbey Strikers. Newton Abbey Strikers. Okay. Yeah. And then they, they amalgamated with, with Crusaders. Yeah. Um, and again, come in, signed a few players, and for the first half of the season, for the first eight or nine games, we were unbeaten, we were top of the league. Uh, and then we picked up a few injuries, and unfortunately, on my behalf, I probably lost the changing room. Uh, we didn't fit. You know, we had clashes of personalities, uh, different beliefs, and not because people were bad people. It was just because we just didn't fit. Yeah. We just, people had their own way of wanting to play, you know, headstrong, achieved a lot of stuff in the, in the women's game, and I'm coming in off the back of being successful and being in America with my own methods and my own philosophies of how I want to play. So both both sort of between players and management, it didn't it didn't fit. It, it, it didn't work. You know, and it's great to see them now. You know, I think they're in the County Antrim Shield final. Um and they're probably get to the Irish Cup final, which is great to see. And Spike Hill, who's been involved in the men's football in a long time, took took the reins there. I think he was managing Glentoran Reserves for a long time. Okay. Men. So he took he took over. So it's great to see that, but all in all, it's probably a, a big life lesson for me. Of, you know, you can't, you can't, not. You can't change. You can't listen to other people. You have to really stick if, in coaching. You have to stick to your own beliefs, and it's very important that you try and get those players. And that's for men's or women's football. You know, as a manager, you have to come in with your beliefs, with your philosophy. And while the coaching world and, and the football world's evolving, you know, giving players their say and stuff like that there and hearing different sides of, 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 of the wheel, so to speak, from a player's point of view, from a coach's point of view, I think a manager has to be very headstrong. Yeah. And I probably let myself down in regards to, in regards to that. And, you know, I, I fell on my sword. But then the opportunity of something else came up and that brings you here. Is that, is that what it's... And that, and that, and that brings, us to, that brings us to Lurgan, Lurgan Town, yeah. I'm going to ask you why, and I'm going to ask you why with a wee bit of background. Okay, we, we've been to the Lurgantown ladies in his fourth season. Mm. Uh, first year was very good. Uh, we won a league and a cup double. Um, second season was runner-up and a league, uh, sorry, a league cup win. And then the third season, it didn't quite go as, as planned. It didn't go on the same trajectory. Mm. Uh, we finished second bottom and just about stayed up with a playoff game. Yeah. You're coming in at when we're at our very, very worst. What what attracted you then to Lurgantown? Why, why Lurgantown? First and foremost, Lurgantown's history over the years in Mid-Ulster, you know, is nothing short of inspirational for, 
I think it was your father who founded them, was that right? It was, yeah, 30, well, 30 years ago, yeah. You know, and I've always been around this sort of area to see the good work that go on, and you only have to look at the facilities now compared to what they probably were. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you look, and this is as good now that you'll ever see at any youth academy or any Irish league ground or whatever. You know, minus the stadium, you know, there's nothing There's nothing else That's it, missing, nice. you know. Great people around it, you know, and it is the motto of heart in your sleeve. You know, anybody that I've come in and dealt with between Nigel, Phil, you know, and the people who have been involved with now, they really do wear their heart in their sleeve for the club and they put everything into it. And again, you, like I say, you only have to look around to see the testament of that, you know, and the good people. So I knew it was going to be a good club. Like I say, always like a challenge, you know, and seven points last year, survived the playoff. It's one of them ones wherever I rang James and I was like, listen, we've been asked to come in here. It's four miles away from my house. At Guildford, yeah? Yeah, Guildford. It's handy. The facilities are great. You know, at that time, Nigel didn't tell me I had a squad of players. He did tell me we had a squad of players that we had enough to work with. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have to go searching uh, for anything. So I was just like, talk to James. We had a few discussions about it. We talked to a few players. Would we bring them in? Would they come with us? And once we had everybody sort of on board and James was on board, I was just like, right, it's a challenge. So, so, so let's go for it. And that's, I don't know, it's just something that I'm, I'm, I'm always drawn towards the challenge. And at the minute... I always tell the girls, you know, you're only one game away from, from, from things falling in around you, and that's the way football works. But at the minute, we're in a good position, and there's maybe six six weeks of the season left. Yeah, five five games now, make it. Is that right? Uh, we've played nine. We've played nine. We've won nine. You know, we're sitting top of the pile. Uh, our ne next rivals are Carmoney and Lisburn Ladies, who mm -hmm. are both on 21 points. We're yeah. on 27, you yeah. know. Um, we have to play Carmoney again, though. We have to play Carmoney on the 5th of August again, which, again, that's a, that's a hard match. In, in women's football, again, it's a wee bit different. So if we finish on the level points, it goes on an aggregate scoring of the two teams. So if we finished first on 33 points, say, and Carmoney finished 33 points, it'll go into an aggregate scoring of the both okay. games. So not, so not goal difference, no? Not goal difference, unless the aggregate scoring is, uh, is the same. Then second. What was our first first game? What was the score? At Kermoney, we, we played them down here. They had a they had a hard run. They had a hard run that time we played them. They had like three games in five days, and we were their third game. Okay. Uh, so they came down pretty jaded. Uh, for me, Kermoney are one of the better teams in this in this league, along with Lisburn. You know, but there's some teams in this league that are in false positions. East Belfast, you know, very difficult game, very strong, very physical sort of a team. You know, and some good players who have played good level, you know, playing on that team. So we play them in the semi-final of the League Cup, which will be a difficult game. Uh, Ballymena, you know, League Cup winners last year. Yeah. Uh, great club, great people up there. Like I say, you know, they've done great work in regards to the youth football. Uh, Trevor, Nicky and Mark Carlyle, although he's not there this year, you know, they've done superb work, superb work up there. And, you know, it's a credit to them. So... We still have to play them in the league, so there'll be a couple of teams that can still have their say 
It's not over yet. That's no, just... it'll not be over until yeah. until it becomes mathematically possible that we can't be caught, you know, and that's the way I'll deal with it and yeah. tell the players. This is unprecedented for us. We're, we're in line for four trophies here. Now, you talked about the Linfield days and, you know, the trophies you've won there, but we, we could still win the league. We could still win the League Cup. Um, we play East Belfast in the... East Belfast in the League Cup semi-final. semi-final. Uh, we've got the Mid-Ulster Cup. Yep, who would play Craig Avon in the other semi-final. And then we have the, the newly formed Super Cup. Newly formed Su- Super Cup, and um, I think we've, we're tied around. I think we got the young Lisburn Rangers side. and again, Lisburn Rangers, not Lisburn Ladies, no? No, no, okay. Lisburn Rangers. So, um, again, they're, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. I've uh, went to watch them a couple of times now, scoring, beating teams, double figures. Again, it's one of them ones where... Uh, I think a lot of them's under 17 internationals from Northern Ireland have been in the club NI setup, so you know they know each other well, they play well, and they're a joy to watch. I don't even think they like played any long balls any times that I've went to watch. So that's going to be a very, very, one, yeah. very, very difficult game. It's a quarterfinal game, yeah. That's a quarterfinal, uh, and it's down, it's down here actually. I think we're at home to them. Uh, so we have a run of games: that League Cup semi-final, the Mid-Ulster Cup semi-final, and the Lisbon Rangers. Lawrence Rangers Super Cup that's played so East Belfast the Wednesday Craig Evans the Friday we have Saturday and Sunday off and then we play Lisbon Rangers on the Monday and with a panel of 15-16 it's going to be difficult it'll be tough it'll be tough for sure and um, well, that, that leads me on then so what what would be the hopes we at the start of the season surely you didn't think we can't go from second bottom to pushing for the title <laughs> no definitely definitely not now, what I will say is the players who are currently at the club... Yeah, so we have a Carrie Taggart, you have Tracy Orr... Tracy Orr, Louise Kelly, DDs, Alicia Donnelly, all talented players. I have to I have to say that. And girls who really, really do put their heart in the sleeve, you know, really do put a shift in for you uh, every week. And I can't speak highly enough of them. Now, the players that come in... Uh, the Megan McCabe's the goalkeeper uh, has been brilliant pulled off some great saves at, at brilliant times of, of the game and that shows the testament of a good goalkeeper yeah. you know and again that's me and the goalkeeper union by the way <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, Amy McAllister wears her body in, wears her body in the line gives 100% will put her head where a man wouldn't put a spade Claire Rooney <laughs> the same you know all great great girls who have come in Cassie Holiday is an old school chum of mine you know, has come in and helped us out. Um, you know, so there's players that we've brought in who have added to that robustness. Yeah. And I would probably open up and say we aren't the best football inside in the league, but what we do have is we've got that physicality. We've got players in our team that want, when we want to play, we can play. Okay. And when we need to be physical, we've got players in our team to be physical. Well, I played alongside Cassie, so I work with Cassie, <laughs> and I played alongside her. We play the we play the kids every year, so we play the year 12s in five aside. I wish you in the offside rule. Oh, not for But she didn't look out of place playing alongside the boys and the men, you know, and she was getting stuck in more than the, the, the men were, you know. Cassie that's, used to... That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, Cassie used to... Uh, Cassie, Myself and there was like four or five other of us with her dad Jackie, who's yeah. a who's a Liverpool Liverpool not no. um, uh, used to manage Guildford. Yes, yes. Fergie Anderson, you know, we all used to go out the back uh, onto like the green, 
and we would have played 5v5 for hours. Yeah. And Cassie and another girl called Shauna McCrory. Shauna McCrory was, was a brilliant player. And we played for hours, like, and just back and forth goals. And, you know, and some of the best childhood memories of my life was doing that. But, you know, she would have took rings around all the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and Cassie looks like a 16-year-old now, more so than I think Cassie's maybe just a year younger than me. She hasn't changed. She's had a baby, you know. She, she just looks fantastic and she's she's just kept herself fit. She plays Gaelic football for tallish, you know. She's But she's come in the second half of the season, yeah, you know, to help, to help games, out, yeah. And it has helped out, hasn't it? Definitely. And then you have, you have Kerry there. Um, now I follow the scores, you know, and the scores get sent to me by, by Colette, who's mm. been here as well. Yeah, uh-huh. And Colette was sent the scores through in the match reports. Kerry hasn't scored as many goals this year as as previous years. Previous years, I've got her into the national side. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing she's playing in a different position for you rather than, rather than a striker. Uh, for the first for the first eight weeks that I've come in, the first half of the season, I was still getting to know those players. Yeah. And again, like I say, I come in with my philosophy and my set where I'm saying, this is how I want us to play. And if this is the way I want us to play, I see those players in these in these areas. Kerry has probably dropped into that number ten role, that third midfielder, depending on what way we play and who we're playing against. And she's been nothing but sensational. Yeah. So even though she hasn't scored as many goals as what she has, I would still put her up there as probably one of the best players in the championship this year. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that she does, she can see wee balls that can be through. Fed through between the full back and the and the centre back, she can win headers. She can make tackles. She covers a lot of ground. I would love to put a it's GPS not, on her. Yeah, it's not a really traditional number ten. You know, she's just sort of linking up with the first. She's mm. going back. She's going box. Yeah, box, no, so yeah, she's yeah. box to box. You know, defensive attacking. You know, and even that, even those four players competing for those midfield uh, positions of Wendy Bailey, uh, KT, uh, Amy McAllister, Louise O'Neill. Just a real, real engine room, you know, that thrives on energy, making tackles, winning headers, breaking stuff down. And then we have the Leon Dummigan who came in from Newry City, James Acquired, who's been sensational for us. Alicia Donnelly, who I'm led to believe it's only her second year of playing soccer. So another talented, talented girl. And some of these players, again, could play in the Premiership and probably get more recognition playing in the Premiership from playing for Lurgan Town, but we're lucky to have them. Yeah. And hopefully we can, these players can... We can hang on to them. Yeah. Um, oh, and and, and, and that keep that keep that squad, that nucleus together, be successful, and encourage local players to come along. To come we along. have. Now, I, think, I do think we are going with an under-17s next year, and, and that's the... You need to bring some of them through. Mm-hmm. You know, Lee Dixon has it in the first team, where we have the under-19s, we have a, a Swifts, we have a Reserves. Mm-hmm. That he can pull on. Yeah. You have nothing really to pull no. on here at the minute, you know, and, and we need to get those girls up. It's been a you know two, three year process. Yeah. But I mean you can't change that. You can't change the time, you know. But these under seventeen girls, next year is when you want them to be mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And again there's there's we Jess Greenlee, for example. Turned, yeah, she's a product of it, yeah. Turned fifteen about two weeks ago and her debut game was against Lisburn, which was a top of the table clash. Yeah. And you know, she was nervous. Pardon me, going into that, but one thing again from Lisburn or from Linfield, from Crusaders, whoever I've been to, I've tried to promote the youth. Now Linfield, at the time, didn't have what they have now, 
that was only coming into its, its start whenever we had met some of the players, uh, some of the coaches to bring that academy across. Crusaders had it, you know, they had, you know, uh, under 19 team, under 17 team. So I could, any of the players that were doing well, you could bring them up and, and promote them. Yeah. Uh, and that's very much the case here. You know, Phil under 15 and I think men going under 17. That'll be a great little conveyor belt for this club to have. But as you say, we need to encourage local players to come across. But that comes with investment, it comes with good coaching. There has to be something. People want to come to a club that has a bit of history, yeah. that has a bit of success, no matter whether it be Lurgan, Linfield, whoever it may be. Success is hard to, hard to beat when you go looking for those players or you're trying to start uh, another young team up or, or whatever it may be. Uh, so hopefully the senior girls can lay the foundation for, for what's going to happen. In years, in, in, in years to come and next season, you know. We need a Ryan McConville to stay around for that. Though, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. need two or three years, Ryan. No pressure, just so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about your playing days then. We... Um, you played. You alluded to it. The goalkeepers' union there. Um, yeah. And I've played against you. I think. I think. I'm nearly sure we've played in the same team. We're bound to play in the same county team at some. Point. I think so. Maybe. I think so. Um, but I remember specifically a game against Kilford, Kilford Crusaders. And I remember this game actually. We, we could not score past you. You know, we. I don't know. We tried everything. I think maybe you saved a penalty against me. I didn't <laughs> miss too many, but uh, <laughs> that one, I did. I think I missed that night. Were you ever approached? By Lurgan Town to come and play for us? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. A lot of goalkeepers back in the day. Yeah. You know, and had, good ones. Yeah, we had great goalkeepers. And we good ones. Murdo, we had uh, David Graham, we had Wilson McCullough. Did Stephen Halfield, as mentioned earlier, did Dicko even do nets for Lurgan? Uh, did he do it? No, Dicko played as right wing. Right. And a striker. And I said to him the last time, he, he, played, he played in goals for Downingstown. But he was a, by far a better right winger. He could run like a champion. Dicko wouldn't like this. Dicko, I think I was brought in by Dukey Darlingstown to, yeah, to sort of replace him <laughs> at, that, at that time. Uh, that farmed him out to Institute. I think he went to Institute yeah, then, yeah. And then they, they unfortunately folded in their 60th year, you know. Mm. But you, so you were never. No, I don't think so. Him. And again, like, like my managerial like my managerial career, unfortunately, I never stuck around. Anywhere I don't know. It must be a mommy's trait. My mommy's trait like can't sit in the sea for more than two minutes. And I think that was me. I had a great, great youth, youth, youth football career. I play, started off playing for Potters in Portadown. You know, we won the, we won near enough everything that we had to do. Play with some great players there. Aidan McVeigh, uh, big centre forward. Barry McDonald was a centre back. Yeah, Kieran McCann, yeah. you know, Snowball. All those players who I played with at Potters were, were, they were brilliant, you know. And my first manager, you know, there took me under his wing and I pushed on from there. Then I went and played Portadown thirds, Portadown reserves under Colin O'Neill, Barry McCullough. I played across here for Glenavon thirds, you know, under Davy Dennison. Yeah. And I also played a few reserve team games for Glenavon. I think Sinky was the manager at the time. Yeah, I uh, heard him, I don't. Uh, who has a big career in men's football, Scottish, and Sinky actually came and helped me with a Crusaders for 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 a period last last year until his his, his wife got a wee bit sick. 
But yeah, you know, played in representative teams, played in Milk Cup teams, played for Northern Ireland under 15 at schoolboy level, you know, all that sort of stuff. So in youth football, I more or less achieved everything that what what I wanted to do, yeah. which young boys would apart from play for Lurgan apart from play for Lurgan Town, <laughs> and then just moved on and played for Armagh City, played for Queen's University, you know, played for Bambridge Rangers, you know. So I've had I've had a what's the word a journeyman? Yeah, more clubs than Mick Fowler. Yeah, um, yeah, more or less, yeah. uh, more or less, and that's one thing I also regret because I should have stuck longer. But it's, it, it's difficult, I mean, it, it's okay for me. This is my club, you said about Dad setting it up and we, we played here, my brother played here. Mm. This is our club. Mm. You know, if, if you're going to a club that you've maybe no ties to, mm. you know, it is difficult to stay around. I, yeah. I do appreciate that, you know, unless there's something that you really fall in love with yeah. and you want you just want to stay there and you want to you play. Another two thing is, Scott, you know, there was always somebody who would come and challenge you. Like, you know the old saying, like, there's always somebody there better than you. So you might stay there for one or two seasons. Like I loved Armagh City. Unfortunately, I played in the Armagh City team whenever it was in its demise. So I seen the championship one, I seen the championship two, and I was number one goalkeeper at Armagh, and I loved the club, I loved that club. If it was one club that I could manage, that would be, that would that, be that would be it. Yeah. That was the club that I loved the most, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, you know, and I see, but I played in the, in the demise of it, you know, where we didn't do too well. You know, Marty Rice gave me give me an opportunity. To Cochran, who's over across Craig Alvin, you know, he was the manager of Armagh City Reserves Reserve at the time. Who took me up to Armagh City Right, Reserve okay. So we obviously did play then. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, we weren't at the same. I th you must have just left as I mm, had come, come in. in. Uh -huh. And then I only, I only stayed for a while. You know, Colin Malone gave me my, my debut yeah. uh, against, I think it was Oxford United Stars in the Intermediate Cup. I then went on to play in the Middle Ulster Cup semi-final against Glen Alvin. You know, we were beat in extra time. Tommy Kincaid, I think, was a manager at Glenavon at that time. Uh, made an Irish League debut for Loch Gall. Andy Smith gave me a bad back pass, got sent off. And that was my Irish League debut against Lisbon Distillery. <laughs> so, you know, that was my taste of Irish League football. Yeah. But unfortunately, I always battled with my height. So if I was a bit taller, maybe it would have been different. But Looking back, any regrets? Any... No, like I say, I just try and probably stay in the same place for a wee bit longer than what I did. But other than that, no, I had some great times, great memories. And what, you know. what, what would be just on it? What's your highlight then? What What would you say if you were to think back over twenty years, twenty five years playing the game? What's your? I think representing your country ha always has to has be to whether whether it's. Well, I think it was under fifteen, under fifteen, under sixteen. I can't really remember what it was. Remember the manager? No, John McKay, by any chance? No. Alfie Wiley played his part in getting me selected for that because at that time, do you remember the BP? The BP, yeah, we played in that. Yeah. So we, I, we won the plate. We lost the very first game against Belfast. So Jeff Greenaway playing, Stevie Savage was playing, mm -hmm. uh, Dean Medill. Right, yes, Medill, yeah, yeah. Um, and McCann, can't remember his first name. Uh, Wayne Buchanan. Wayne Buchanan, uh, yeah. yeah. We were all that sort of side, you know. We lost the first game and then we, we won all the rest. Mm -hmm. Culminated in like a final state. Yeah, um, yeah. We won, we won it, we won it. I think it was Remy, I can't remember, he was a teacher, he was a teacher in Dremore, Raymond, I can't remember his second name, Alfie, them two were the managers, and based on that, I remember, there was no mobile phones in those days, <laughs> I was in my godmother's house, and the phone call came, my mum answered it and said, Ryan's been picked for Northern Ireland, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I remember, and I think I sprinted to the Guildford Crusaders pitch, they had a match that night, and told everybody, <laughs> thinking it was, it was, it was the, it was the be all and end all, but, 
Yeah, that was probably my, my greatest, proudest moment. My greatest achievement was saving three penalties for Glenavon in the semi-final of the Youth Cup, yeah. Youth Irish Cup yeah. against Linfield. Uh, we went to penalties and I saved the first three penalties. And I actually remember at that time whenever Lurgan Meal and all was popular, there was a there was a bit of a big, back, big, feature, big, yeah. big feature, you know, and uh, I think one of it was a diminutive, diminutive for a keeper, but he stood tall in the penalty <laughs> shootout and saved three penalties or whatever. But so anytime we, you know, yes, you're not, you're not six foot plus as you find most keepers are, but I mean the leap and the reach and the the, the presence that you had, we always honestly that day against Guildford, I I sticks <laughs> out as a game that we. It's like he just clung on to everything. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's you know? that's what's so. Um, yeah, let's go back to the um, the ladies then. I I don't know if this is true, and you could maybe clear it up for us. I believe now we are at the highest we can go. The ladies, so we're playing in the championship. Um, I think they're bringing in a rule next next year or trying to that you have to be an Irish league club to play in the Premiership. Is that right? I'm not sure on the I'm not sure on the criteria in regards to that. Uh, I know Niffle are trying to bring the teams to a six six team league okay so league? so we so we're at seven now uh so it's seven now so one team who finishes bottom in the niffle premiership will get relegated again um and that'll take it to six teams and then the championship will be just the niwfa championship for me i don't agree with it for me if you get promoted or you win your respective league you should be promoted now, people have this attitude in women's football that what's the point of going into a premiership and we're going to get beat by Linfield 8-0 or we're going to get beat by Crusaders, whatever, high scoring. For me, that happens. That happens in the premiership of football. That happens in the championship football and men's game over in England. It's up to the manager, the coaching staff, the club to recruit the players, to recruit the best coaches, you know, and to get the team as properly prepared yeah. that their first goal when they go to the Premiership be to stay up. Not to win a league. No. You know? So if you need six points or nine points to stay up, that should be your target. Unfortunately, it's demotivating for the girls when they get beat nine, they get beat ten. Last year, when I was managing Crusaders, poured it down and got promoted, and it was hard for them. It was definitely hard for them, you know, and it demotivated some of the girls. But what an achievement to get, what an achievement for a local team to get into the Premiership. You've, you've earned the right to go and have, at least have the opportunity. To have a go. You know, have it, that's it. Yeah, if it, that so means that you drop back down after one season. Yeah, so, so be it. Know. It's still a great achievement, and that's one thing that I would cry out for the Niffles and the Championship and the NAWFA. Like, okay, it's going to be tough. It'll be it's a tough ask, but that's like when the teams get promoted from the Championship, maybe for the playoff or whatever. They're fighting for that 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th spot. Who who's going to stay up? Who's not? But that's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it because. If we are successful this year, great. But you want to go and test yourself against the best players, you, do, yeah. you know. And I think some managers and some coaches in, in this country think that because you're going to play somebody and you might get beat. You know, we played Sion Swifts down here in the Irish Cup, right, yeah. and we were beat six one. You know, and the golfing class, I think, you know, eventually showed it. But I think for twenty minutes, you know, we give we give a good account of ourselves. Yeah. But Sion's class showed at the end of the day. Big players, Tyler Tolan, Republic of Ireland International, Kendra McMull, Northern Ireland International, Nicole McClure, who was playing the World Cup for Jamaica, you know, she played for Sion. So these are all big players, and big players that our players should thrive and go against, because yeah. nothing to lose. That's it. 
it's like us back in the day we always harp on about the, the night we took Dungannon the penalties we played the first team yeah. you know and that's that's the games you want to play and that's where you want to test yourselves whether it be young uh, Jess is it sorry yeah, yeah. Um, you know as 15 playing against seasoned professionals and international players mm-hmm. that's what you want to do and if you're not given the opportunity it is a bit disheartening yeah. as well isn't it no it is for sure and that's that's that, that's what's going to annoy me because if we are lucky enough to become champions and let me tell you there's still a long way to go yeah. because he spelled fast and Balamina down Patrick Keelan they'll all have their say in, 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 in the run on run up games to the end of the season you know but if we're lucky enough to um, to win the league I want to coach Lurgan Town in the Premiership. Yeah. I want to bring Premiership football to this to this club. Yeah. You know, that would be, for me, that would be brilliant for a, another local team to be. For a local team in in four years to go from bottom of the whole structure to Premiership would be would be magnificent. Yeah. And I don't, and again, why don't the Niffle, you know, we've had this discussion, me and James talks about this regularly. You know, Niffle and the Irish League have a split. Why not make a split in the women's game? Why not? promoted to maybe 10 teams and the top five play each other on a split and then the bottom five play each other so then it makes the games more competitive. Yeah. You know, for me, it's a common sense approach. Obviously, Niffle might not have that approach and obviously me being outspoken now in regards to that, but I don't care. I That's my belief. I'm entitled to my opinion and that's the way I've been involved in women's football for a long time, you know, and probably not given the credit that I'm, that, that I'm due, you know, from, from, from people. But I'll I'll say that because I think I've earned a right to 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 say stuff like that. But I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it, you know, in the most genuine reason of what's best for. In the most genuine, educated yes. way. Yeah. Because you have been about so long. Yeah. No. So and you know I like to think I've picked up something and I don't talk nonsense all the time. <laughs> you know. You know. Let's. We'll, we'll give you one more question. And <laughs> this maybe this maybe going to be unfair, but if you had to pick men's football or women's football. Which would Oh, it's an easy decision for me. It's women's football all the way. Yeah. yeah. It's just something that I've done for thirteen years, twelve, thirteen years. Whenever I first started in women's football, I think Phil Neville wouldn't have been wanting the England job. Yeah. You know? You wouldn't have touched it's women. It's come so far, hasn't it? It's come, it's oh, massive. Yeah. Massive, you know, and no one would have wanted no Irish League players, no big glamorous coaches would have been looking those type of jobs thirteen years ago. Yeah which makes it sad for me because you're doing your coach education, you're going through the ranks, you're trying to achieve some trophy wins, you're trying to achieve a decent enough CV so when some of these big jobs come across, you you, you hope to be in the reckoning. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, as the game's moved on, has become more glamorous and bigger football coaches, you know, they with a ba- bigger, jobs, they, they get them, you know, and if your face fits, you also get them. Yeah. Uh, but I've worked hard and, I'm enjoying myself at Lurgan. Hopefully it can be a successful season for the club, you know, for the people, for the players. The players have given everything. The coaching staff, the background staff, you know, they've done well. But we've still a long way to go and it can, as I say, that big week coming up in a fortnight's time could, could make or break our season. Uh, okay, before I let, uh, let you go, what's, what's the next game then? We've got a break now for a couple of weeks, isn't that right? Next game's the 17th of July, home to Balamina. Home to Balamina, okay, so no excuse for those that are listening, this will be out before this game. Um, no excuse not to come down, Kickoff is... 7, 7.30, 7.30, yeah. It's at the arena, it's on the 3G, um, clubhouse will be open for drinks and everything else, mm-hmm. so come down and, and get the 
get the support behind the ladies. And Ryan, we wish you and the ladies all the best for this season. Um, Thank you. We're pushing for the league. We're still in three cups. Who would have thought at the end of last season this will be now? Uh, so testament to you and to James for, for turning the whole thing around. Mm. And, the, and the girls, you know, the girls that have been there, that have stay, stayed with us, uh, that cohort that we spoke about, yeah. and, the, and the new girls that you brought in, mm-hmm. they've gelled really quickly for you to turn that around so quickly. Oh, yeah, you know, you, you know so you, there's some characters in that, in that team and they know who I'm talking about too. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's been brilliant, you know, and they've really, they've really took them, you know, I know, I know Debs Douglas is one of the one yeah, of the one of the one of the ringleaders yeah. of 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 the party the partying, but uh, you know she's a great girl and we're great to have her and uh, like she's I still said, got her speed, yeah. oh she she's she's one of the fittest girls on on the team and probably which you not like me for saying this but probably one of the oldest but she she's just a wee gazelle you know yeah. fit super fit strong you know and she's she's done well for us to be fair. Good. Um, good luck, Ryan. Uh, we hope that we're celebrating some trophies and we'll um, be able to show on our website and everything else. So hope so. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Talk of the Time. If you hit the subscribe button on your preferred download location, that should mean you never miss an episode. You can keep up to date on all things related to the club at lurgantinefc.com or search for Lurgantown FC on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Until next time, Thanks for listening.